And good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital 5 Minute Winning Minor on Tuesday the 21st of February. Uh, good morning, Paul. How are you? I am all right. Thank you. Wasn't that well overnight, though, so I'm going to work from home today, I think. Fair enough. I'm sorry that I missed you yesterday and you were doing it with Ollie. And for those that don't know, Ollie got engaged this weekend. So congratulations to Ollie. Um, seemed a long, long time ago since I did that. Long, long time ago since you did it, Paul. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Let's move on to mining. Now, the big boys have been reporting. I think we've got BHP and Antipagasta. They're always really complicated when you look at these figures. You can't really sort of analyze them, I think, in sort of a morning or the sort of morning that we have. Um, Antifagaster is offside. You've got a few issues going on, but if you want to play copper, Antifagaster is probably the way to play it. But what do you think, Paul? Yes, uh, Antifagaster with its full year results uh, out today, it also being a pure play in copper. So that's why uh, people like to uh, own that stock in order to uh, have a a uh, proxy for the uh, movements in the copper price as well. Uh, it, it is reporting numbers which are lower than on a comparable basis, and that's simply because the copper price uh, pretty much is lower as well. Uh, year revenue came in at 5.8 billion, which was down 21%, and the margin also declined as well because of the rising uh, inflationary costs of uh, production. Uh, on consumables and things like that. So we had a margin uh, at 50% uh, on EBITDA, which was a 22.7% uh, uh, deterioration. So in comparisons wise, year on year, yeah, there's a bunch of minus column uh, statements uh, out here, but they have, except for the things on costs, and that is where the costs have been gone up on a comparable basis as well. Now cash costs at $2.19 a pound, which is up 22%, uh, and the net cash cost at $1.61, which is uh, up 34%. So those are some of the issues uh, around Antofagasta's numbers. Yeah, okay. Anything on BHP? BHP, we had a similar situation, except theirs is uh, for interim statement uh, with them. Uh, and with uh, their numbers coming in on an interim statement, uh, uh, also well down because of both iron ore and copper prices on comparables uh, being uh, quite a bit lower. <laughs> The uh, bottom line is that it's a solid uh, set of numbers, so they uh, had uh, a position of uh, a solid dividend to declare at this point. But uh, other than that, you have to say that they have the same issues that uh, Antofagasta had with higher costs. Uh, but they did have uh, higher production as well by volume, but it couldn't offset the changes in costs and changes uh, lower in price. Anyway, that's the big miners. It's a macro sort of game at that level rather than the micro game. Talking to micro games, uh, we've got Bushfeld Minerals put out an interesting little announcement today on media speculation over their electrolyte company that they're creating, saying that they haven't actually produced any electrolyte yet uh, and that it's all going to be dependent upon um, sales and offtakes by OEMs. This is obviously in the vanadium flow battery business. Um, Bushfield obviously trying to go down the sort of vertically integrated route, being a vanadium miner, electrolyte producer, and through its uh, holding in Cellcube stroke Enerox, um, a vanadium flow battery company. I think it's really pushing its limits slightly. 
uh, electrolytes are very complex um, thing. It's, well, I said it's complex. It's actually very simple, but you've got to get it very pure. Very few people know how to get it very pure. Actually, one of the most of the best electrolyte comes either from China or actually a little family-owned business uh, just outside Reading, which I have visited. They make a fantastic electrolyte. Um, anyway, Bushville not quite getting that one right. Um, and and the media, up. and in their sense, the media is a little bit ahead of itself. It it uh, sees that something is starting to turn at the plant, but that doesn't mean that the plant is actually producing material yet. Uh, and we know that plants take a good three to six months in order to get up and running while they do all the testing on them. And that's the situation in Bushfield's case. Well, actually, this, the solution for the Canadian flow battery industry, which is about to go ballistic, I believe, um, because it's just the ultimate solution for long duration energy storage, um, is to have a standardized electrolyte for all companies. And actually, the solution probably is to license the technology of this little family business just outside Reading uh, so that everybody has a standard electrolyte that works for all machines. Uh, that would actually help the industry tremendously. Trouble is, like so many things, herding cats is never easy, but uh, maybe that's something that they'll be talking about at the International Flow Battery Forum, which is in Prague, uh, towards the end of June. Not often I mention that one, uh, but there you go. If anybody's going, that's what they should be discussing, maybe. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, you probably quite like to mention one of your favourite little companies, Paul, E-Star Resources. E-Star Resources I had just a little statement out here. It's a longer statement than really with the news that uh, came through on it and the bottom line is they uh, had uh, uh, completed the uh, shallow uh, assessment drilling on their clay uh, hosted uh, telaric deposit there in Kazakhstan and the samples uh, from the uh, kaolinite uh, perspective uh, horizon that uh, they believe contains the rare earths are now off to the lab. XRF readings would suggest that the, it is mineralized. Uh, of course, you can't use uh, do uh, reporting on XRF results uh, with uh, any compliance. But uh, the bottom line is that they're encouraged by what they can see with the XRF, and therefore they'll be stepping in once they have the assays back. They'll be compositing some of these samples in order to do metallurgical testing as well. Very good. Uh, any others you want to mention this morning? Yeah, unlike some of the financial statements out uh, from the majors, you have Sylvania Platinum, the PGM producer in South Africa, with surprisingly good numbers, I thought, in, in particularly with the issues around uh, uh, the worsening situation in the power situation with grid power with ESCOM. Cash balance rose to $124 million on its uh, interim results. The net profit also rose. Uh, previous period was $24.4 million last year, but $32.6 million uh, this year uh, on their net profit. Interim dividend was also declared at 3p per share, and they have uh, it, the board has uh, agreed a new dividend policy from the 1st of July. The forecasted production uh, guidance was also increased uh, so that uh, the you'd have to say the numbers, at least at this point, looking pretty good for Sylvania. They do have a, a analyst uh, uh, presentation uh, coming up at 10 in the morning here too. Very good. Okay. Any final one or are you happy leaving it at that? That's good for me. 
All right, and don't forget, obviously, uh, it's not long now till uh, PDAC, um, less than two weeks. Uh, you, Ollie, and myself will be out there. So if anybody's listening in the sort of Toronto-based or going to PDAC and you want to get in touch with us, do drop us a line and we will meet you there. And we'll speak to you tomorrow, Paul. Very good. See you then.